Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, L.A. Nick, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. You horn tootin'. I know it's your darn tootin', but it pisses everybody off when I say horn that. Uh, by the way, the DNR is to appeal the ruling against renaming Lake Calhoun to Bidet Makaska. So the DNR is saying um, they're gonna, the DNR is going to appeal it. Well, the DNR, you don't have any right to rename things. Not, You're the DNR. It's the DNR. They're supposed to be exactly. keeping track of the trees and the animals and the lakes. <laughs> and the what are they doing? <laughs> Why are they worried about the names well, of things? They, well, keep, I, they keep track of everything, too. They came, came to my oh, property. Yes. They're kind of a pain they in did? the neck. Yeah. Yeah. We will be right back to kick off hour two with the family. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour de Cure ride. Join me, Doug Sprinthal, Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. <laughs> Here come old flat top. That's all I'm saying. Great song. Come together, Republicans and Democrats. Come together. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Just a couple of headlines. Civil rights suit against Nor in Minneapolis moves forward after conviction. The uh, Damon family, the Ruzik Damon family, has sued the city of Minneapolis and Nor for $50 million. That's all? The $50 million. I think they The Catholic Diocese of... I don't know. That's what they're filing for. The Catholic Diocese of Duluth uh, has reached a $40 million settlement with sex abuse victims. The White House wants $4.5 billion in emergency border funding. And Alex Trebek says, my oncologist says I'm doing well, even though I don't always feel it. He says, sometimes I am very, very sad, Mm. which is tough. I love Alex Trebek. I think he's very entertaining. Uh, you know, he's got, what, stage four pancreatic cancer, so, you know. It's not impossible, but it's a tough call. And if you haven't seen it, there's an article on Jeff Passolt in the Star Tribune today. 
Uh, you should track it down because uh, Jeff's phenomenal. I've known him since he was 17 years old. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. 17 years old. His brother Dave and I were friends. And then one day Dave brought his uh, younger brother Jeff to the football game at uh, Cliff Siegel's house. And that changed everything. What do you think of that? Long time. Apparently not. Are you feeling a little bit melancholy? I'm feeling very melancholy right now because I'd like to sue someone for $50 (laughs) Why don't I get $50 million? No, the $40 I'll go with. Uh, But in any case, yeah, I don't know. It's... um, I don't know if this is the most turbulent time in my life because the 60s were extremely turbulent as well. But this is this might be the most hateful period in my life in the United States of America. But just, just so you know, Tom, that what's going on here with this divide of left and right is is yeah. is it's, it's people think that we're the, the epicenter of it, but it's not even close to how much it's divided. That's worse in Europe. Countries that are way worse than us with this left and right mm-hmm. stuff. Most of Europe is the same way, if not worse. Yeah, I suppose. But why in the world? Is It's got to be digital. It has to be. It's taken all the emotion away from everything. And therefore, people... Do people even feel emotion any longer? Well, I just saw some girl yesterday saying that emotion is more important than facts. Yep. A lot of people believe that. The left, that's what they that say. Emotions, so it, emotion is more important than the truth? Yes. You have to go with <laughs> what? emotion. Yeah, you, didn't so see, you if, haven't seen if, that, girl? If I think that you did something wrong yes. and I yes. am mad about it, my being mad about it is more important than you yeah, actually doing the thing that's wrong. Emotions are real and facts are man-made. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, oh God! Oh. Okay, this is what I, they're I gotta, teaching in college. Is the problem? No, they, and that, this, this was this right. was at a college. This was yeah. at a college, and that's she's emotions yeah. are actual, real. If you're feeling it, it's real. She's it's real because I feel it. You can't make me feel your fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> what you're saying is my truth is the truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's insane to believe that. And only a dumb bastard college professor would believe that. Well, that's who's teaching it. Well, I don't think they do believe it, but they do believe that if they teach it, they'll get more money, and they're right. Well, the problem with college professors is they they live in their own little glass house. They do. They they don't know what the real world is like at all, and they can just say anything and, oh, that's right, we're scholarly, so that's got to be right. Oh, it's just like this gas hike. You know, all the people that are that are pushing it through, they don't have to pay for gas. They're getting driven around in nope. big black Suburbans on the taxpayer's dollar. What do yep. they care? The gas can go up yeah. 10 bucks a gallon. They don't have to pay for it. I still don't understand how you charge poor people 20 cents extra a gallon. Poor people have to drive further to work than anyone else mm-hmm. because they can't afford housing around where they work. So well, basically, you, you're screwing over poor people. If you yet like a again. nice conspiracy theory, it's the conspiracy to get rid of the middle class completely. So oh, there's only yes. rich and only poor. I'm sure that's I, true. I just saw yesterday they're building the most expensive condos ever built in Minnesota right now. And they just start right in downtown Minneapolis. They started a couple million dollars. Oh, God. Uh, too bad you can't walk outside your condo <laughs> at night, though. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem you got. You can't take a, oh, God, this story. You know, Cassie, you're mentally ill. What? <laughs> nice work, Cassie. Way to go, Cassie. Mentally ill. Cassie. Cassie <laughs> sent this to me. It's her fault. You ready? <laughs> 
After his mother kicked him out of her Pennsylvania residence, a 33-year-old man flushed his grandparents' ashes down the home's toilet. Oh, why? A bizarre retaliatory move for which he is facing criminal charges. According, you know that's messing with a corpse. I didn't know that. Yes, it did is. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. I know it's illegal uh, according to, to a, dump them too, like outside. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it right. is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Didn't know that. According to a court document, or a court complaint, excuse me, Thomas Porter Wells moved into his mother's Pittsburgh-area home late last year, but his stay was cut short due to his drinking and alleged use of marijuana. Police charged that before Wells departed the McKeesport home, he went into his mother Denise's bedroom and retrieved the cremated remains of her mother and father. Wells allegedly then flushed the ashes down the toilet. The remains, investigators noted, were stored in a box in her bedroom set up with a memorial for her late parents, Lillian and Richard. Porter, 52, told cops that Wells denied disposing of the ashes during a phone conversation. However, in a subsequent text message, Wells told his mother that he would someday flush her remains down the toilet, too, as first reported by the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Specifically, Wells texted, yep, and as soon as you die, you'll be going in the same spot where you belong, down the shitter, you bitch. (laughs) If I had somebody threatening to flush me, I think I'd just get buried. Yeah, there you just go. Just to spite him. How could you just talk to spite that way them. to your? How could you talk that way to your mother, though? Yeah, seriously. It sounds like you might be a little on to your own mother. A lot mother. of families that don't like each other. Yeah. Well, I do remember saying that to Toots once. <laughs> oh <she's>... God, <laughs> that'd go over well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been big, wouldn't it? Yeah. You flush your grandparents' remains down a toilet. Oh, by the way, he's a tough guy too. I'm looking at him right now. He's all tatted up, and he's got the uh, he's got the prison uh, goatee going, and he, yeah, he's a tough guy, real tough guy. Uh, whatever. By the way, your chest size is about that of a small child, there, pal. So you're not all that. Calm down. And this, you know what I mean? I'm surprised this isn't a Florida story. Meanwhile, in Florida, uh, is it? Pennsylvania. <laughs> I know. Pennsylvania. I'm surprised it's not a Florida story, but it is Pittsburgh. But it is Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, it is Pittsburgh. That's true. Well, Ralph Basham. Look what comes out of Pittsburgh. Ralph Basham. Jesus, Palomino. Could you do any worse? I do have to say, Pittsburgh really did a turnaround with that city. Pittsburgh's a really nice city. It is. It's really, really nice. One of the best planned Uh, cities in the nation. This is your fault, L.A. Nick. Nice work. Uh, A a teenager's accused of striking his stepsister in the head with a thrown potato <laughs> after she failed to pay him enough attention. She wouldn't pay attention. Tyler Scott Parker, 18, was busted Sunday afternoon on a domestic battery charge following a spud-tossing incident at his family's <clears throat> Tampa, Florida area there residence. It <laughs> there it is. We all knew it there was There it is. There it is. Parker began yelling at the victim and threatened to throw a potato at her if she did not stop ignoring him. What? (laughs) Stop ignoring me. Well, if they're ignoring you, it's hard to stop. It means they've already stopped paying attention to you. I think he doesn't know what he's talking about. After Parker's stepsister replied to the defendant, he allegedly threw the potato, which struck uh, his kin in the head. Parker was subsequently arrested on a uh, misdemeanor domestic battery charge. The victim does not appear to have been injured in the potato attack. As I'm reading that story, I'm looking down the page, and there's a dog taking a dump. Why is there a dog taking a dump on my screen? (laughs) (laughs) For fun. Is it juice? Because it's talking about dangerous foods that people feed their dogs. Three dangerous foods people feed their dogs, and there's a dog looking at the camera while he's taking a dump. Thank you for that visual. What are the three foods? 
Uh, if I click on it, will I get burned to the well, ground? Well, I, I, I think I know some of them. Grapes. Grapes. Okay. Celery. Here we go. Chocolate. Um, Anything with garlic. Well, would a dog eat a grape? Onion. Onion. Oh, yeah. Judas. Yes. Judas. sweet. Trees. <laughs> trees. He does. Anything. It's true. Yeah. My horses All right. According trees. to... Do- well, horses, According to Dr. Marty Goldstein, one of America's top veterinarians, these are examples. Uh, uh, do you know the one color of dog food you should never buy or why dogs sometimes chew grass or what it really means when your dog eats poop? Research suggests that it's putting many dogs at risk of serious health issues, and news of this has caught the attention of the media. Jude, do you hear that? You're not supposed to eat grass. He looked at me like, what did I he do? He eating grass. <laughs> Why do they eat he grass? He loves eating Bella grass. Bella would eat grass to make herself throw up. Yeah, it's uh, an emetic That's what everybody says. It's yeah. medicine, but is that true? I know, but, you know, the, it used to be sort of a thing that was like, oh, your dog's eating grass, you must have a stomach ache. Well, right. then why is it that, you know, he's always eating grass? Does he always have a stomach ache? Right, and ate, Jude never, special. ever ate, ate grass till I brought him out to the farm. And there was some grass there, and he was like, this is delicious. And he just kept on eating it. And now now he never used to touch it. Now he eats grass everywhere he goes. Well, yeah, Jude true. is a special case, though. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. Jude is a special case. He, a lot of dogs eat grass, though. Yeah, my, my old roommate's dog, he would just go along the fence line and eat the tall grass. Yeah, my he cat eats eat, grass. He wouldn't eat grass like that was cut, but right, anything tall that was tall. For Maybe it tastes good. But... It, it, must, it must do like something it. for digestion. I mean, in some, uh, some Maybe. Journal. This I mean, one time, Daisy was, she got sick. I don't remember why. And we let her out, and she just, she like, started frantically eating, started eating yeah. as much grass as she could. Ugh. So it must have something to do with... I've tasted and it. she it's, doesn't it's eat not grass. Terrible. <laughs> normally. Mm. Of course you have. It's not terrible, <laughs> though. It tastes like it smells. It's, yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. terrible. Well, lots of animals true, sort of yeah. live on it, so it yeah. can't be that bad. Okay, you ready for this? Um, Am I ready for the last, The last three texts from Joe from Louisville. Take a bong hit instead of being angry, apparently. Uh, Take a bong hit instead. A bong hit can be felt. And better, he had a lot of bong hits. <laughs> Settle down, Joe uh, from from Louisville. He's got the bong. He's working the bong hard today. There's you know no the doubt problem about it. with smoking pot. For me, anyway, if I took a bong hit, I would cough for about a month. Well, yeah. Yeah, me too. I can't inhale smoke. Cannot I do it. Any or, kind of or vape. Nope. I would cough nope. for a month straight, like not stop. No, I do too. So I couldn't do I it. I cough like mad. Because Catherine was hit, hitting the bong, and she said, you want to hit me? She just starts laughing. I do. I have you know, a bong collection. I, I, it just I, sounds yeah, unpleasant. Just I even don't. saying that, it, it's funny because I, that's the last thing I can see Catherine doing. Yes. Yeah, oh, God, taking a bong. Just a yeah. big old dope head. It's funny to even think about Catherine with a she bong in her hand. She should maybe take a bong hit before she flies, but other uh, than that. I should just go, well, you then, should go to a travel, travel doctor like I go to. What's a travel doctor? You have a travel doctor. Sounds so kind of shady. Well, you, you, no. <laughs> if you have a general practitioner, and just tell them you need a travel physician. And they just, wherever you go, they tell you what you need. And then they say, do you need something for the flight? And you say, yes, I do. And then... You get something for the flight. So if you're going to certain like countries, what? yeah, that's true. They just would have something. Yeah, they yeah, what's Xanax? 
you know, uh. some kind of diazepam. But then whatever country you're going to, they give you shots because a lot of countries don't screen their blood for a lot of things. So yeah. if you get in, something happens yeah. to you and you get blood, guess what? Next thing you know, you got hepatitis yep, C or you true. got this or you got that. So you go to a travel doctor, they prepare you for that country. Oh. There I you never, have it. I never go to a foreign country without going to see my doctor first. Unless okay, there are four. Yeah. Unless it's what? Unless it's Canada. Well, yeah, there you go. It's legal in Canada. That's all I'm saying. Um, we have four women on the show today, right? Have any of you ever heard of the vampire facial? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have? Yeah. You've never had it's one, disgusting. have you? I've never had one. I've heard of them, and only because uh, I think it was Kim Kardashian had it, and it was all over the news for weeks. Oh, okay, well, I got some bad news for the Kardashians. In September, a day spa in Albuquerque, New Mexico, suddenly shuttered, along with an explainer from state health officials that they had identified practices at the spa that could potentially spread bloodborne infections. Uh, now the New Mexico Department of Health says two former customers of VIP spa who received injection-related procedures have been diagnosed as HIV positive. Oh, wow. Oh, they used the same needles on several different people. Are you Oh, you disgusting me? pigs. How many times on this podcast does has Dad said you disgusting yeah. pigs? Do you think we that's because everybody's we disgusting? Hit them all and whoop them. Whoop them. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. So they keep saying it different ones. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disgusting pigs and, yeah. and really stupid people, and just make them yes. all. Yeah, <laughs> like now. I like it. And Jesus Palomino. Like and uh, it'd be funny. It would yeah. be funny. Kiss my living ass. Don't it, forget that it'd one. It'd be pretty funny. It would be. Yeah, see, there you go. Well, look, I, I'm just having a real hard time with human beings since I was two. But, you know, <laughs> so it's been a few years now, but uh, it is tough to find a human being you can count on, don't you think? It's, you know why It really, really is. I don't it's think so. It's really too bad. Oh, I do. We will be right back a couple of minutes with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Spring is here, and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK spring savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. 
and Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save 500 bucks on your LASIK. Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. God, I love the bass. What a great instrument. I'm rocking out, man. Man. Hey, man, I'm rocking out. <laughs> that's a good song to drive down the highway. It yes. is a good song. It's a good driving song. Drive. Good song. I love that song. It's a great song. What happened to them? Uh, Jet? I don't know. I don't know. Jet was a great man. What happens to anybody? I think they're still around. No, no. Hmm. I don't know either. No one tells me anything. <laughs> you haven't heard of what? I haven't heard anything about them in a long time. No. That album's phenomenal, though. Let me Google it. Well, what the hell is that all about? Every song oh, you're going to Google it? it? Yeah. Every song There you good. go. Works for me. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'm going to mention this for 30 seconds, and then I'm going to shut up. The twins sucked huge last night. <laughs> there. Thank you very much. Yeah, they did. They did everything wrong. The pitching sucked. The defense sucked. The hitting sucked. Well, everything sucked. What was the final? 11 to nothing. I'm, I'm laughing because last time wow. I was on the show, you were saying how great they were. Yeah. Well, they are. They I mean, they're still, they're still in first place. It was just a bad game last night. They were terrible. And, yeah, last, and when's, yeah. their, when's their next game? Tonight. And it'll be a bad game, too. How do you know? Because it's, it's, same, it's the same thing every year. Every year they do great, and everybody goes, the Twins are going to be great. And then right around now, they just start sliding downhill, and then they're the worst team in the league. I've never liked you. I don't think that out. <laughs> no, they really looked like they could play. And then yesterday, it, they looked like they got yelled at by their dad and were up, you know, were yeah. ready to cry. It was just, like, but, sad. But yeah, I don't true. even know what was you happening. You have to admit, it, ha- it happens almost true. every season. It does indeed. Well, yeah. I wish they would be good at least through June so I could go to a couple of games because I can't go and watch them play like crap. I just can't. No. But I like to go when, you know, they'll be well. fine. Don't worry about a thing. Keep it together until June. Then <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> I suppose you're right about that. It's a great stadium. It's, it's, a oh, nice, it's, it's a nice day out at the ballpark. Yeah, I, I threw out the first right. pitch for the Twins on Friday the 13th. And, uh,. It's a really nice stadium. I got to go everywhere, yeah, like in the beautiful. down in the locker rooms and all. They, it's a well-built place. It really is. Yeah, it it's is. Great oh, setting. It's, it's just, it's really lovely. Minnesotans do a good job building things for other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our ta- the taxpayers <laughs> paid for that stadium. That Metrodome was not a good thing. The Metrodome was horrible. But horrible. was it horrible when it first opened? Yes. Hmm. Really? There was no there was no oh, leg yeah, was room. Terrible. The thing was like being in a in a giant uh, inflatable tennis dome. That's what it was. Well, again, it was the guy awful. the guy who designed it was very proud, a proud Minnesotan who basically I cheaped out as much as I could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's such a Minnesota uh, thing to do. I mean, the jumbotron was like low quality. <laughs> you couldn't like, even see it. Yeah, half it was the like time. marquee lights. It was, yeah, it was horrible. It, it was, was bad. Uh, I love this. A man tried to blow up a plane carrying 400 people with a bomb hidden inside a meat grinder, but was reportedly thwarted because his bag was too heavy to be checked. Oh, my God. <laughs> his bag was too heavy so they wouldn't check it, and the bomb was in the bag. So nobody nice job, you God. idiot. Ugh. 
What's Etihad? I thought you just had to pay more if your bag weighed a ton. Well, it says here, the BBC reports that Khaled... Khaled Kayat, 51, was convicted by a jury Wednesday in Australia where he was accused of plotting to bring down a July 2017 Etihad flight from Sydney to Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates uh, with military-grade explosives sent from Turkey in a plot inspired and directed by the Islamic State, per police. Kayat was also convicted in a plot to carry out a gas attack in Sydney. But he thought they meant farting, and no, that's not true. Oh, dear. I just made that up. His 34-year-old brother, Mahmoud, is also accused in that case, though the jury is still deliberating. Well, somebody explain to me what the problem is here. Why Muslims, the, these, you know, is the Islamic State or whatever, why do they hate everybody? I mean, they attack people in Sri Lanka. They got attacking people here in, in Australia. I mean, it's not just a honky thing. They don't. I know they don't like honkies, but what is it? Is it if you won't follow my religion, then I have to kill you? Yep. Yeah, the extremists are all about being Muslim, and if you're mm-hmm. not a Muslim and the right type of Muslim, then you're an infidel, terrible human being, and should be destroyed. See, I liked it much better. My grandmother told me, oh, Grandma, why aren't some people Catholic? Because they're not good enough. <laughs> that's real nice grandma really really nice. they're not good enough to be catholic that's, oh, that's such a oh, grandma okay. thing to say that is a grandma thing to say isn't it that's funny uh i love this you know what the his lawyer argued kayat's lawyer argued mm, he was he said, sad and depressed no he said he was only trying to prevent a terrorist attack oh my god with his bomb with a bomb in apparently. a meat grinder in a meat grinder I, yes yeah and what could go wrong what could possibly go wrong with a bomb and a meat grinder? You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, why don't you smarten up a little bit? If you're going to bomb an airplane, probably don't put it inside a meat grinder, which causes it to weigh twice as much as it does. You know what, though? I've, I've flown with some really unusual items recently, and oh, yeah. I was shocked that they didn't ask me what they were. Well, don't tell people that. I'm serious. I, I was, like, waiting to get, like, pulled out and my bag searched and absolutely nothing. I had a... Uh, really? Yeah, I brought a I brought a motorcycle engine in a, in a suitcase, a full engine in a suitcase, and Jeez. And, and, and nobody asked me what it was, and I know they never saw that in a, in the X ray. Like what the, they would say, what the hell's that? And then when we just came back from Europe, I brought this antique pigeon clock that fed pigeons. It is, it's, a, it's a for racing pigeons that time them and they come eat oh, food, yeah. they take off and then come eat food again and the clock would stop and start. And the thing looks like a bomb. I mean, it literally looks like a bomb. It's in a wooden box. It has a clock face. I mean, it looks like it would be a bomb. Not, not one. What's that? Nothing. Really? No. Nope. That is very weird. I mean, I had a hat in the uh, Miami airport. Don't bring up your hat. And they had to take the hat. <laughs> And rescreen it several times. Yeah, they do it's that. It's a hat. A, a hat. straw hat. They do that to me with my hats all the time. They always have to check my hands when I have one of the kids. But in now, my if carrier. you live in the city of Minneapolis, you can leave your hat on when you get your driver's license picture taken. You can? Yes, you can. I got a new license with oh, my hat God. on. We're not following any of your rules, <laughs> Dad and Mom. Oh, God, you're such children. It's true. Honest to God. My mom and dad made me do it, so now I'm not doing it. Oh, God. Grow up, for Christ's sake. Well, it's probably... Raising a... No. No what? I was going to say, it's probably because of burkas. Hijabs. Well, it could be. Yeah, hijabs, yeah. 
Um, hijabs. Because they can't tell them to not have their heads covered, so well, they can't tell anybody to not. And then you have to show your face, though. Yeah. Then there's the yeah. spaghetti monster. Have you heard of that? No. No. Somebody What's fought that? fought to be able to wear a colander on their head because their religious oh, belief was their god was the spaghetti monster. Hmm. Okay. And they let them do it? Yes, yep. They had to let waiting. them put oh, wear a oh colander God. on their head in their license picture. <laughs> Boy. God. Okay. Well, once again, that's just the sweet release of death right around the corner. <laughs> Good God. Raising a fist in the air as he arrived, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange entered a London courtroom today. To find out his fate for skipping bail in 2012 to avoid getting extradited to Sweden over rape allegations. Oh, he was a rapist, too. I didn't know that. This guy's one of the biggest dirtbags ever born. He's rather scummy. Uh, yes, that fate, nearly a year in jail. The 50-week 50, 50 sentence was handed down in what the BBC says was a packed Southwark uh, Crown Court in which Assange read from a letter that noted he'd been struggling with difficult circumstances and had done what I thought at the time was best or perhaps the only thing that I could have done. On Thursday, Assange, who was arrested last month at the Ecuadorian embassy in London after Ecuador yanked back his asylum, is set to appear at a second hearing. Now, this is how stupid and arrogant this prick really is. He had it made with Ecuador. It cost him $6 million to, to keep him there. And then he pissed him off because he wouldn't stop rollerblading through the through the assembly at three o'clock in the morning. You know that's why they kicked him out. What? No, I didn't know that's why. Yeah, child. he was rollerblading. He does sound like rollerblading a through the embassy. Oh, he does. Yeah, exactly. He looks terrible though. God, there's a picture of him. It's like, good God, what happened to you? Well, he has to I mean, subconsciously know that all of this is his own fault, and that has a heavy. I would think so. That weighs heavily on you. Knowing that you ruined yeah, your mean, life for literally no reason. He looks like Methuselah now. I mean, my God, he looks really old. I mean, that's a picture of him two years ago, Catherine. You look at that picture? Yeah. He doesn't look old at all. There's a picture of no. him now. He looks like he's a thousand. Really? So I don't know what the hell he's been doing the well, last two well, years. Well, didn't he have to live in an airport for like four years and then... Yeah, I think he's kind of stressed out. Yeah. He lived in the Russian airport for a while. What? In Russia, yeah, he lived in a Russian airport. Yeah. Oh, lived God, in the Russian airport. He lived in a Russian airport for that. like a couple of years. Why not? Because he had no, he had no the country. The Ruskies. Yeah. He couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, so he could just, there was nowhere for him to go. I suppose, Yeah, I suppose that is true. And why? And Ecuador did it because at first he gave them money, I think. That's why they did it in the first place. Naturally. So, you know, allowed yeah. him to, to wander in or whatever. So I don't know. It, 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 wander in. And I doubt that people have just popped a bolt lately. I think people have always been this nuts. You think? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think. The, yeah, I think the population is so high now, and like I said, with social media, you hear about every nut job in the yeah. world. Trust now, me, there's always been crazy people. Yeah, sure. Since the beginning of time. I suppose you're right. You are correct, sir. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I look at these stories. I got, I got, let's see, six, 12, I got, uh, 24 stories in front of me. And most of them are about people being insane. Okay. Uh, apparently the Olympic champ, I got to read this. A court has ruled. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. A court has ruled Olympic champ needs to lower her testosterone. <laughs> Um, I don't. What does that mean? Well, is it a, a 
So, I can't say anything anymore. I'll just defend somebody. Well, probably true. <laughs> is she I'll transgender? Um, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Her yeah. name is Castor Semenya. Oh, that doesn't mean much, but <laughs> she's probably transgender. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. her... Her shoulders are about twice as wide as her hips, so I hope she's transgender. The Court of Arbitration for Sports says a new policy that will require South African track star Castor Semenya, or Semenya, or however you say her name, to lower her testosterone levels before competing internationally is both discriminatory and necessary. What? What? That makes no sense. That makes zero sense. It's important and not important. Okay. It's terrible and what you should do. That's exactly it. It's really terrible, but it's what you should do. The CAS acknowledged some unfairness to athletes with a DSD, difference in sex development. Oh, yeah, so Castor is transgender, apparently. Yeah, okay. Is that transgender now, or is it something else this week? It's transgender, yeah. It is, okay. For this, for now. Yeah. But now, transsexual is no longer accepted. No. Is that right? No. Right. Transgender. Transgender. Yeah, because transgender can have either sexual preference. They can like men or women. Well, sex is different than gender. Sex is what you're assigned with at birth, and gender is fluid. Why do we care so much about one in 10,000 people? Like, it's all anyone talks about, and yet it's like... It barely affects anyone. Yeah, it sure is. I just don't care. It's like, whatever... Be whatever you want to be. I don't care. Why do I have to like just make I all either. make all bathrooms, well, whatever bathrooms, and move on with our lives? I think it is going to be tough on women's athletics, though. To tell you the truth, I mean, oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah. This I, I really don't know how that's going to work. Woman, as it were, has a testosterone level over ten times that of a normal woman. So. Yeah, that's, that's just, not really fair. It's basically so like me, doping. Well, that's like so. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say if I, like if I want to be an athlete, can I just pump myself up with testosterone? Then? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, then well, it's fair. Then it's that, fair, and it's difficult too because it's like you know, dad could be like, oh, I'm just gonna. I want to be an Olympic shot put athlete. I'll just become, I'll just say I'm a woman. And then where, it's like, is that where's, fair? Where's the line in the sand though? Where is if you say I relate to that I'm an 11 year old girl and now I want to be an 11 year old girl's wrestling yeah. team. Well, like, that's where, the problem. Where, where's, yeah. where's the line in the sand? There yeah. basically is no line. And that's because they're no, too worried about offending yeah. this tiny group of people. So everyone else has to suffer. But well, nobody's remember, defending anybody. Remember when Betsy Hodges was mayor? That's all she yep. ever yeah, talked was, about yeah, on her true. Facebook page. That's all she ever talked about. It's like true. it was the most important day, topic of our time. Well, it says here the CS acknowledged some unfairness to athletes with a DSD, difference in sex development designation, meaning they're hyper androgynous or have elevated blood testosterone levels, and how the International Association of Athletics Federation's policy applies specifically to them. However, two or three arbitrators agreed that the IAAF, that uh, high testosterone gives female athletes advantages in terms of size, strength, and power. Well, of course it does. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We've got to take a break because we have a guest coming up right after this with the family. 
What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ooh, I love this song. Fawn loved this song when she was a baby. It's a great song. Fawny, she graduated today, didn't she? Or yesterday? Yep, today. She's a proud graduate of her ECFE program today, yes. Early childhood. Family education. Family education. Family, family education. She wore a Minnie okay. Mouse dress, like a full-on, like, <laughs> dress-up dress. Of course. <laughs> I saw it. Absolutely. I saw her it's do what it. She wore. Uh, what she wanted tell to me wear. when Mr. Solace is ready to go, okay? Uh, he is ready. Oh, he is. Brian, how are you? I am well. How are you? How are you? Marvelous. Brian, I have to ask you a question because I'm a huge, lifelong Minnesota Twins fan. Um, So where are you from originally, Brian? Uh, Originally from uh, Los Angeles. Originally? Okay. There was one of my favorite Twins players of all time was Mark Salas. And the only other person I've ever met with that last name is now you, which I think is very, very cool. What's the derivation of the name Salas? (laughs) You know, I, to be honest with you, I have no, no idea. It's, I, it's, there's definitely Hispanic there, um, but that's about, about the best I can do. Uh, well, that's cool. I just, like, I just wanted you to know your, your, your name has been used well in Major League Baseball, so that's good news <laughs> right there. Escape from the dark side of this. Excellent, exactly. Escape from the dark side of distractions to live a better life. Are you struggling with any of the following? Focus, yes. Procrastination, yes. Anxiety, yes. Self-esteem, yes. Forgetfulness and creativity. Uh, You know, uh, we were just kind of in a way talking about that, Brian, if you don't mind me calling you Brian. Um, No, please. Is it because of social media that we've lost uh, our ability to pay attention? Social media, uh, gaming, and all the rest of it has changed our lives completely, hasn't it? It seems to me that it has. Do you agree with that? Well, absolutely. Uh, it's it's 
it's all by design. It's not that we've lost our ability. It's that it's been programmed out of us, and that is oh. something that I don't necessarily think any of us have been. Uh, I don't think we signed that in the terms and conditions of using these apps, but uh, it's called persuasive <laughs> design, and a lot of these, uh, these apps and services and games use it as a matter of hooking you more and more. There's no doubt about it. It, it just amazes me. Uh, and, and just a quick re-reference to it all, baseball is not very popular among young people as it used to be. When I was a kid, it was America's game, and I love baseball. But it takes too long for there to be a result. In other words, with a game, when you're gaming, you get immediate results every time you do something, don't you? Right? Oh, ab- absolutely. The same with social media. If you post something online, yeah. you expect immediate reaction. So, so is it, have we gotten to a point where if we don't have immediate reaction on things, we are bored with them and we don't want to be involved with them unless we get immediate reaction? Oh, man. <laughs> it's so much worse than that. And, and I, I'm a hopeless optimist, oh. so I don't want to get everybody too down. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's you know, great. Look, we're, uh, we're rewiring our brains in ways that are speeding up not just to want instant gratification, but the constant need for the, you know, the chemicals that are introduced into our bodies as we're sort of feeling and, and going through social media and gaming and you know in many ways it, it becomes sort of like a substance addiction right because that's the same way your body is reacting to a lot of the things that we use and really right. what that's doing to us in the long term not just affecting our ability to watch sports but it's the ability to do work or to be productive or to be creative or to be absolutely focused in the moment and all of those things are essential for life yeah, I understand. We're talking to Brian Solis. It's S-O-L-I-S. The book is called Life Scale, How to Live a More Creative, Productive, and Happy Life. I have, I'm holding the book in my hand right now, Brian, and I'm telling you, I'm very, very happy that I am because my wife is sitting next to me, and she's looking at me like, you need all these things. Yes, please. <laughs> more, I, I need more focus. I need more creativity. i I got to get rid of anxiety. I'm not a procrastinator, though, am I, honey? I don't procrastinate much. No, you do in in the form of changing your mind back and forth twenty five times. Oh, Brian, what am I going to do? She you just stabbed me, me right in the back. You asked me. I just I love the way well, this book is laid up. By the way, I'm a marriage therapist. So I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm a marriage therapist. Well, thanks, Brian. That's, that I feel much better now. Uh, did you did you design the book yourself? All the things because I love the way. The book begins. I, I just, uh, you know, opened the, the front cover, and it is Brian Solis, Life Scale, Unlock New Possibilities, Break Free from Distractions, Focus, Spark Creativity. Then you turn the page. It's all, all the stuff. It's visualize, silence, reorient, value, liberate. I mean, I, I just love how this thing is laid out as you go into the book. It's very, very smart, I think. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. It was, I mean, if you're going to talk about distractions and how, mobile devices, social media gaming have, have affected our, let's just say, attention span and how we read and how we learn. Uh, I wanted to understand those design techniques and use them in a positive way to apply to paper to get someone to read and feel productive, feel inspired, feel motivated. And so the same techniques that go into the phone in a bad way, I used in a positive way in the book's design. Mm-hmm as a means of showing that we don't have to abandon technology, we just need to be smarter about how we use it. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I, well, I will tell you, uh, what I always do when I, I'm going to interview someone, when I get the book, I don't want to open it and look into it uh, t- 
too much because I want a, a fresh take from you, the author, on it. I do love the fact that uh, a few pages in, it, it's basically the Brian Solace version of Candyland. It's from Realize to Life Scale Unlocked. There's this little game you go along, and it's like Candyland, isn't it? It was, it was definitely... Uh, I'm applauding you over here. It's, uh, it's, it was inspired by both Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. I love it. I, I, I think it's very, very smart. Because I think if we if we look at our achievements as kind of games, they don't seem so. These tasks don't seem so daunting. It's just here. Just take. There's a nice little path for you. Follow the path, and and pay attention. Uh, you know, realize uh, great awareness. All these. I love this book. I'm I'm holding it right now, and I think particularly Brian. And maybe it's. See, I have this feeling that I really need to read this book right now. But maybe it's because we all need to understand life scale. You know, I hope so. It's the it's the it's my eighth book, but it's my first personal book, and it was because I found myself struggling by the very things I have been studying for the last you know fifteen fifteen years, and I I realized that while technology was the source of a lot of these distractions and interruptions, and even in in some cases addictions, what the solution was was more human, and I think that's because we're the first generation in history to have access to these n- not just incredible tools, but access to real-time information, access to anything we want, when we want, how we want. You know, networks of people who are all over the world, people who follow us for what we do, almost like we've become mini-celebrities in, in a sense. And with that mm-hmm. comes all of the things that a world of celebrity introduces. No one teaches you or trains you for that moment. No one teaches you to be ready for all of these distractions. But somehow, some way, we've got to learn how to manage them. And so what I needed was this book. Uh, so... And there wasn't really anything like it, and I was hoping other people might need a manual for how to take control of life today and thrive in it and teach others how to thrive in it. I think it makes total sense. Another great point that you make in the book, uh, foster a strong sense of purpose in life and identify the steps needed to achieve it every day. I think that's very, very important because I think, uh, you know, we have our children on the show with us as well. They're 32 and 30 years old. Uh, So, yeah, to have a purpose in life is very, very important, but I do think a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't the millennials gets used a lot, but a lot of younger people, I'll say, rather than millennials, they, they just don't seem to feel they have a purpose yet. Uh, is that the usual thing for people in their teens and 20s? They just don't, and even into their 30s, they just don't really understand what their purpose in life might be. You know, I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit of everything uh, because the world is introducing so many opportunities to them that, you know, look, uh, the generations before them have followed a life course that's been pretty, pretty consistent for, for generations. Uh, but in that life course, things like the things that our parents and their parents sort of accepted as standards, as definitions of happiness, what the goal of success would look like. I think a lot of things are now coming into question, for better or for worse, and the access to information, the access to other people, the access access to on-demand diversity all around the world, I think is showing people that there's more to life than what had been handed down to them generations and generations ago. So while it might not necessarily be a purpose, I think this is also a time why, say, you and I and, and any teacher or parent need to read these this book and books like it 
is to help understand their mindset and understand where they are in a world that's completely different. A digital first brain sees everything different than an analog first brain. And mm -hmm. so someone needs to help them, someone needs to lead them, and yet we still think that millennials and centennials are going to keep building bridges back to analog societies when, in fact, we're the ones who have to build bridges to them in order to help them find that purpose, their goals, and help them understand what modern happiness and success looks like. I do like that take on it, the fact that, that older people, and I don't mean old people, I just mean people who are a bit older than, you know, some of their coworkers, their family, whatever. I think you're absolutely right, because it didn't happen that way in the past. I do remember, you know, it's like, well, you need to learn it like your grandma did and your grandpa did and mom and dad and all the Well, it's not like that anymore. It's it, We all need to grow together because the world is completely different. The digital age has changed the world forever. So I do think people... Uh, you know, maybe in their 60s, 70s, because 70s not that old anymore. That's the other thing that's kind of complicating things. It used to be that 70 was an old person, and that's not true anymore. So for them to reach backward and say, hey, you know what, I need to connect with 45-year-olds, with but I also need to con con connect with 20-year-olds. That makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. And what I call it Generation C, where the C stands for connected, because essentially what's happening mm -hmm. is, you know, as technology rewires our brains and our bodies, we're all becoming much more similar than we think. And so it wasn't an age group anymore. It was a lifestyle. So the way that you know, if anybody uses Uber or Facebook or Instagram, you know, we share a lot of similarities in behaviors and thoughts and processes. And so understanding that uh, and reverse engineering that allows us to get back to where we can all grow together instead of what we're seeing today uh, in terms of polarization or in terms of us versus them or things like you can see play out in politics. It's, there's, there's no solution in creating divides. There's only solutions in understanding one another and creating bridges to one another. And that starts with realizing that we've got to learn and unlearn some new things because nothing's going to go back to the way it was. Was it your idea to format the book the way you did? Because I think it's brilliant. You know, I'm going uh, to give you a virtual high five. I really appreciate that. Yes, it, this is my third book in exploring what I call an analog app, sort of taking these digital mm -hmm. design techniques mm -hmm. and applying it to paper as a means of just understanding that it is very difficult to read linearly and learn linearly in the way in the past. And so it's a visual metaphor for showing how you can reimagine and reinvent everything around us today to not only be mo modern, but empathetic. And so the design, while I think it's super creative and beautiful, it's also incredibly functional in a way that says, look, yeah. I'm, I'm not a millennial by any means, but here's what reinvention looks like. And all I had to do was just allow myself to give myself permission and space to think differently. And I think, look, at the end of the day, one of the reasons why I put creativity in the subtitle uh, of the book and, and as a common theme throughout the book is, look, we're, we're starting to move into a, a deep generation of artificial intelligence and machine learning where the devices that we use every single day are now starting to process and recognize patterns and starting to perform automated tasks that are going to affect jobs. And so things like creativity, things like innovation, you know, creativity is a pillar of innovation. This is a time for us to actually expand our thinking, expand our ideas, chase those ideas, because machines can't do that. Yeah, no doubt. I, I would say this. Uh, we only have about a minute left, uh, but I would say 
the book, I just was sitting, you know, reading the book as we're talking to Brian, and it's a lot of fun the way it's formatted, yes, but the information you've gathered together along with that format, it's it's a great book. It's a really, really good book. Um, and look, just on the front cover, Unlock New Possibilities, everybody wants new things in their lives. There are lots of possibilities. Break free from distractions, which I have to learn how to do much better, Brian. I'm not very good at I get distracted quite easily, to tell you the truth. Focus and spark creativity. These are great things. Life scale, how to live a more creative, productive, and happy life. Good job with the book, Brian. It's terrific to talk to you as well, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Brian Solis, it is S-O-L-I-S, Lifescale, How to Live a More Creative Product. I think you guys would really like this book, and I am definitely going to read the whole book. I've read a couple of chapters while we were on there. It's it's just fun. Well, I think it's that he's fun. really smart that he um, he incorporates a lot of visualization yeah, for absolutely. people because That's people right. are so visually uh, fired up now. I mean, everything is about what it looks like. You know? I would, yeah, I would say this. When you open this book, it's not like, oh, look, there's words on a page. That's not how this book is. You look it up, there are pictures of thoughts, ideas. Yeah. It's formatted yeah, very, very well. it's good for visual well. learners as well as people. I mean, I mean yep, reading is. is always visual, is. but, you know, it's got the graphics to back it up. I like it. Lifescale, name of the book, Brian Solis, S-O-L-I-S. Books available everywhere, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. No, we won't. No, we will oh, not. Oh, that's right. We will <laughs> not do that. Yeah, we got it. Wait, wait, wait. Are we still on? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I have to tell everybody, because we are moving, we will not be on tomorrow or Friday. Oh, that's right. Uh, but then we'll return next week. Because of the eviction. Because mm. <laughs> we didn't get evicted. Stop saying we got evicted. We did not get evicted. It was all because Tom taking his steps into other people's offices. That's yeah. I was told. Yeah. 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 The whole place is shutting down because of you. All right, so we will definitely talk to you on Monday, though. We'll have a brand new uh, studio and a brand new location. Looking forward to it. And hopefully the people we give the rent money to won't steal it. That'd be good. (laughs) I do not see that happening. Not on either. (laughs) Not on either. Yeah, the track record's unbelievable. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful uh, next four days, and we'll talk to you on Monday with the family.